Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. It's time to play like a jet with your host, Scott Mason. Play like a jet. What does that mean? Makai Becton, ladies and gentlemen, human beings that large should not run as fast as Makai Becton did. And if you like people just abusing other humans, the Makai Becton tape is for you. Wilson going to the air. Chased out by Daquan Jones. Wilson looking in zone, wide open, touchdown! First NFL touchdown for Zach Wilson! And it goes to Corey Davis. Down the middle, he's got it. Elijah Moore, the 20, the 10, the 5, touchdown! Jones has just caught flat-footed. What an excellent, excellent round. He'll hit immediately when he got the handoff. You know the q Oh, my gosh. Listen, thank you. From the playlikeajet.com digital studio. This is Play Like a Jet. My name is Scott Mason. You can follow me on Twitter at playlikeajet1. And it is time for another edition of the Jets 2022 offseason roundtable. And we've got ourselves a genuine television celebrity. He was a guest last year on the roundtable, and now he's back. He's a two-time contestant on Survivor and also does a very successful podcast called Rob Has a Podcast. It's branched out into a whole network of shows about all the different reality shows, especially Survivor. Thankfully, I caught him during his down period because there's no Survivor going on right now, so he's free to talk some Jets. Mr. Rob Sesternino. Rob, thanks so much for coming back on the show. Yeah, Scott, thank you so much for having me. I'm a big fan of all your work and uh, love the podcast. Awesome. I'm glad to have you on and talk about the Jets because it's great to get a variety of different perspectives. I know you've been a lifelong Jets and Mets fan, so I'm sorry you've had to endure that kind of torture. (laughs) But let's talk a little bit about what we saw from the Jets in 2021. I want to begin with Robert Sala. What do you think of his first season as head coach of the Jets? I know that there were some ups and downs. You're going to get that with a rookie coach. He had his staff that had its ups and downs as well. Mike LaFleur started off rough and then I thought finished pretty strong. The reverse happened with Jeff Ulbrich. He started out pretty strong and then finished pretty rough. The Jet defense obviously had a lot of struggles. What did you think of Salah as a rookie head coach and his coordinators and the rest of his staff? And do you think the arrow seems to be pointing up for him in terms of the long haul? I do think the arrow is pointing up for Robert Sala that I think he survived the year without any major scandal, without the media turning on him. And I really think that that is probably like uh, the uh, other than like the X's and O's, like the other most important job of being the coach of the Jets. Like Adam Gase couldn't get through the first press conference without (laughs) the media completely turning on him. And I have to say, like, uh, you saw what happened with Joe Judge uh, and how, like, uh, you know, once the the media starts to turn on you, it's kind of over in this town. Salah, I thought, did a very good job overall with handling all of that. And I feel like that the uh, rest of the team is young. And I think that uh, it's going to be 
on the upswing. So I feel like that I, I I would give him like a, like a C plus, like a B minus for year number one. He definitely got off to a much better start than Adam Gase by not having any weird press conferences or having his eyes look like he (laughs) came out of one flew out of the cuckoo's nest. Right. Yeah, can I add something else with Robert Sala that they say like, uh, like, oh, Robert Sala has been living out of a two bedroom hotel room with his seven <laughs> kids this year. Like uh, I, I make a podcast and I, I was living in an apartment this summer and I have two kids and not seven. And it was a nightmare. Could you imagine being an NFL coach and then living in an apartment with seven kids because they, they screwed up the renovation in your house? Like, I think the, the man, imagine with the man is getting eight hours of sleep a night yeah i was gonna say it makes it even more impressive the job that he did under that kind of stress considering as you said he had seven children and a wife crammed into that (laughs) two-bedroom house that had to be taking a toll on him right yeah i mean it's a crazy story about that like he bought a house and then he was trying to renovate and they ripped him off uh so maybe (laughs) that doesn't necessarily speak to uh his job as sort of like the ceo of the football team if the house got screwed up so badly but uh that he seemed like he had some tough circumstances even off the football field hopefully he does a better job of hiring assistants and finding players to play on the roster than he did of hiring guys to do renovations on his house. I think that's something to look at going forward, but he's going to be teaming with Joe Douglas to rebuild this roster. We already saw year one of that. And I was personally pretty pleased with the results from the draft. Obviously it's just one year and it's the long run that you have to look at, but Michael Carter really showed you something year one. Elijah Moore really showed you something year one. Elijah Vera Tucker really showed you something year one. Zach Wilson, a little bit more up and down. We'll come back to him, but Joe Douglas is going to be the key cog in this wheel. If the Jets are going to be able to be rebuilt successfully and be on the right trajectory going forward towards maybe a perennial playoff contender, fingers crossed, Douglas is going to be the architect and he's going to have to get this right. How confident are you right now in Joe Douglas based on what you've seen so far? And do you think he did a pretty good job this past year in the draft free agency and just starting to really rebuild this roster? Yeah, I've been a Joe Douglas guy. I've had the green colored glasses on uh, for him ever since that he's ever been here. That I, I really think the biggest thing for Joe Douglas is that Mekhi Becton needs to get right. I think that, you know, if Mekhi Becton turns out to go back to being the really productive player that we thought he was coming off of 2020, then I, I think like the whole narrative uh, changes on Joe Douglas. Uh, I think that that's a, a big thing for him. I have a lot of faith in him to, you know, move up and down. I thought he did such a good job in 2021. I mean, the Jamal Adams trade was so great. I, I, I was catching myself the other day about how, like, they were talking about uh, if Russell Wilson was going to come back to the Seahawks. And I had to catch myself because I'm like, oh, good. I hope Russell Wilson gets traded. I, I'm like, oh, I don't have to root against Seattle anymore. I forgot about that. Uh, so, for um, uh, uh, I'm very high on Joe Douglas. What about Zach Wilson? What'd you think of his rookie season? It seemed to be a little bit up and down, but at the end of the year, he stopped being a turnover machine, which I think was a huge step forward. And while we don't know yet, because we said the same thing about Sam Darnold when he finished 2018 strong, the arrow does seem to be pointing up at least on the surface. What do you think of Wilson's rookie year overall and how confident are you in him going forward? 
Yeah, I'm very confident. I feel very good about the way that Zach finished up the year because I feel like that he sort of like uh, at the end of the year, like a, a little bit of like that, like uh, like Mac Jones gear. And I mean that in a good way, like sort of kicked in of it's like, oh, OK, I'm going to take care of the football. Like, I'm not going to make any mistakes. I'm not going to be the reason why we why we lose the game. And then also he was able to make some like uh, really nice throws and big plays. But he got rid of like sort of like the hero ball carelessness that we saw like in the first half of the season before he got injured. So if uh, that they can sort of like uh, keep improving the rest of the players around Zach and then he can uh, become a guy who's uh, not making as many uh, mistakes. Like, I, I think that this is going to look like uh, a lot more of a productive offense next year. What about Makai Becton? How worried are you about him going forward? He had a really good rookie year, but he missed quite a few games. And then this past year, obviously, he missed pretty much the entire season with that knee injury. There's been a lot of discussion about the Jets coaching staff possibly being disappointed in his rehab and they thought he would get back sooner. And so they're closely monitoring him going into year number three. Are you bullish on him still or are you a little worried? I don't know if I'm bullish on Mackay Becton, but I have to feel like that this is a big wake up call. I'm definitely not out on Mackay Becton, but, you know, I actually like uh, changed my opinion a little bit. Of this. I, I heard uh, the big deal. Uh, Mr. Chris Nimbley uh, talked to you about this, <laughs> about how that, you know, why are we rushing Mackay Becton back? What are, what are we proving here if he comes back and plays the last three or four weeks of the season? The guy's 400 pounds and he broke his kneecap like uh, that. Why are we rushing him back from this? And it, I, I don't know, it, like the conditioning certainly could be improved, but I mean, that, that this is like, uh, I mean, if I broke my kneecap, uh, that I'm uh, nowhere near Mackay Becton's size, I think it would be a, like a little bit of a tricky recovery to get back from. So, uh, I am hoping that it was more of a fluke injury. I know he had trouble staying on the field in 2020, but I mean, if, if he can come back and be the guy who, you know, you saw flashes of in. 2020 and stay on the field. I mean, that's going to be a, a huge addition uh, for the Jets. And if they add more offensive line uh, in the draft, even better. Play like a Jet. Play like a Jet. One thing I wanted to ask you about is something that Joe Douglas discussed in his end of season press conference, which is that he's open to the idea of trading draft picks to get established talent, which hasn't been anything that he's done yet. As Jets general manager, it's mostly been trading established players for draft picks. Now he's thinking about going in the other direction, and you would assume that a big part of the reason he would do that would be to take some of the pressure off of Zach Wilson and give him some help. A couple of the names we've heard mentioned as possibilities, Calvin Ridley, the receiver from Atlanta. This past year, he was out most of the year with mental health issues, mm -hmm. so we don't know exactly where he's at, but clearly a very talented receiver. There's some talk that DK Metcalf, the outstanding wide receiver from Seattle, could potentially be available. Daniil Hunter, not an offensive player, but a stud pass rush. The Vikings are in cap trouble, so there's some rumors that maybe Daniil Hunter could be had for the right price. Where do you sit on this? Do you think it's a good idea to give up heavy draft capital for established players? Some people have theorized that if the Jets can get a Ridley or a DK Metcalf for Wilson, that maybe it could elevate him the way that Stefan Diggs elevated Josh Allen. 
Or do you think that it's better to hold on to those draft picks and go into the draft and try and get those young, cheap players that Zach Wilson and the team can grow with? Of course, you could also monitor some of these veteran situations and get guys that aren't as high-priced in a trade as a DK Metcalf or somebody like that. There are a lot of ways this could go. What do you think? Yeah, I, I just feel like that in the year of uh, that we're in right now, like I, if I'm if I'm correct about this, I, I think that uh, that they traded for Stefan Diggs for Josh Allen uh, going into year three and mm-hmm. not and not in year two of Josh Allen. And so I just think that we might be we're not one player away, uh, I, I feel like. So I, I think it might help Zach Wilson. I'd hate to give up a premium pick. For somebody uh, that Calvin Ridley is tantalizing and is somebody I was kicking myself for not drafting in fantasy last year, but uh, I would be I would be very concerned about, you know, giving up a lot of draft capital for a guy who you you don't know what you're going to be getting out of him. Uh, I don't think that's the guy I would make my big bet on. I, I think that if there are people that are sort of like more akin to like a, not to like bring up Mike McCagnan, but the, like <laughs> the Brandon Marshall trade uh, that was, that was made where I think that was like for like a, like a fifth and mm-hmm. like a, something that was like sort of like a, a salary cap thing where a team is just looking to move off of a guy who is like a more of like a upside, but a veteran. I think that that would be the direction I would go. And then I would really, we just have so many holes to fill. Mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't want to give up uh, a lot of the premium draft capital. Yeah, the two trades that come to mind that fit what you're talking about are, of course, Brandon Marshall for a fifth-round pick and Santonio Holmes for a fifth-round pick. Different situations Mm -hmm. with Brandon Marshall. The Bears were just looking to move on and get rid of his salary. In the case of Santonio Holmes, there were off-the-field issues. He was going to be suspended, so the Jets got him for next to nothing because the Steelers just wanted to get rid of him. But in either case, you're getting a star receiver on the cheap, And in that case, if it works out, great. If it doesn't, no big deal. You didn't spend a lot. So you could go in that direction as well. It doesn't have to be for somebody like Ridley or DK Metcalf. I want to talk about some of the players that the Jets have that they could be looking to retain and they have to make decisions on whether or not to keep them. The big free agents that they have to make decisions on, mostly Marcus May, who was franchise tag last year. Then he had the off the field issues. He is getting close to 30 and he had the injury. So now you don't know exactly what his value is going to be. Foley Fadakasi, one of the best run stuffers in the league, but the Jets have a pretty solid log jam there at interior defensive line. Do you want to pay him? You've got Braxton Berrios, who is going to be a free agent. That's the most popular name at the moment because he had an all-pro year as a kick returner, also found a nice role in the offense as a gadget player. And Morgan Moses, who really helped the Jets a lot this year. I know they were 4-13, and so how much could any one person help? But I think Zach Wilson would have had a much rougher time if Moses wasn't there considering all the injuries the Jets could look to bring him back, but it's possible he might want to go somewhere else and get paid and also be guaranteed a starting spot because we know Mekhi Becton and George Fant are going to be in the mix in 2022. What do you think? Who would you be looking to bring back and who would you say goodbye to? Well, I think we have to bring back Braxton Berrios. I think that uh, he was a, a really nice player this year. I, I feel like that it's such a PR like no-brainer where if uh, Braxton Berrios 
leaves uh, that uh, everybody's going to be mad. It's uh, it should be an, unless somebody is going to just go crazy for uh, like uh, give a mega deal to Braxton Berrios. I, I think that's such an easy one to uh, bring back. Zach Wilson seems to love the guy. Seems like uh, I, I love their bromance on social media. Although he's hanging out with Christian McCaffrey on uh, vacation on some island. Uh, that's a whole different story, but I, I uh, feel like you you want to bring back Braxton Berrios. Uh, Marcus May, whatever. Uh, that I feel like he's always like a malcontent. Uh, that he's not happy about his contract. You always got to hear it from his agent. I think I think we're good here. We're ready to move on from uh, Marcus May. Uh, if Foley Fatakasi uh, walks, like uh, you know uh, that if he's a run stopper. You know, we couldn't stop the run this year. Mm-hmm. So uh, I don't know, like uh, we could we could give up 300 yards on the ground with him or we could give him 300 yards on the ground without him. <laughs> so uh, I, I'm more I mean, look, I, I hate to lose, uh, you know, uh, Morgan Moses. If he can, if, if he can come back, uh, like he'd be a great uh, depth piece. But I wouldn't want to really overpay for Morgan Moses. I, he's super durable. Like uh, so many times it looks like he was going to, you know, all right, he's done. Uh, and he comes back onto the field, but uh, he was, you know, a great depth signing. And, uh, you know, you, you hope that uh, we could find some way to have him come back. Rob, externally, the Jets have plenty yes. of money to spend in free agency. They've got a lot of holes to fill, as you said. They've got a lot of draft picks, too, and we're going to get to that. But you would hope that they can fill some of the holes in free agency so that they can go into the draft and not be desperate at every single position on the field. Are there any players that you like in free agency as potential targets and any positions specifically that you would really be looking at to try and shore up in free agency? Well, it would be great if they could get a tight end on this team. I mean, it was, uh, you know, a while that we uh, did not have a tight end really, uh, you know, on this team the whole year. So it, it would be, uh, you know, really great to uh, bring somebody in to, uh, you know, give uh, Zach Wilson like a, you know, safety valve on the offense. And, you know, as far as like uh, getting like uh, receivers in here, I mean, I think that that would be great. I was high on Corey Davis. I feel like that he was like a fantasy darling uh, a couple of different times. And I really thought that he had a chance to, and hope, and maybe it's like a thing where, you know, he was kind of more hurt than we realized all year long. And maybe uh, he has like a bounce back year, but you know, I'd love to get like another uh, big target in here. Like, uh, you know, if Alan Robinson uh, was going to hit free agency, he's a guy who you would love to have, but you know, Alan Robinson, whose whole thing, his whole career has been like, I always play with crappy quarterbacks. Is he going to want to come here to play with Zach Wilson? Maybe he's, uh, you know, high on Zach and wants to come on and uh, be a jet. Let's talk draft now, Rob. The Jets have two picks in the first round. In fact, two top 10 picks. They've got the number four overall pick, which is their own, and the number 10 overall pick, which they got in the Jamal Adams trade that you alluded to before. What a phenomenal trade that turned out to be. They've Mm -hmm. got two second round picks, their own second rounder, and then they've got Carolina's second round pick from the Sam Darnold trade. Once again, what a phenomenal trade that turned out to be as well. Mm -hmm. They've got their own third round pick. They've got two fourth rounders and they've got two fifth rounders as well. So plenty of picks to play with in this draft to fill holes. They go into free agency. Hopefully they fill a couple of holes. They go into the draft and this is where I think you got to target the premium spots, the spots that you have 
a lot of trouble filling in free agency above all else. But they've got plenty of options because one of the positives of having so many holes to fill is that you've got a ton of different options and directions you can go in in the draft, and you kind of can't go wrong in that respect. What would you be looking to do in the draft? So I am uh, not the draft expert. Uh, I feel like, you know, you want to come away with it. somebody who can rush the passer. You want to get an edge rusher. I think uh, you really want to, uh, you know, consider uh, somebody on uh, the offensive line. I know, um, you know, it's like a big three in the draft and it's like a uh, classic that the Jets have the fourth pick. <laughs> but uh, you never know, you know, if somebody ends up like falling in love with a quarterback or something, even though this might not be the year uh, for that. So I would not mind if they got Evan Neal uh, at all. I feel like that that is some like a really great like Mekhi Becton insurance. And if Mekhi Becton is healthy, it's like, uh, wow, that's uh, what a dynamic offensive line. Uh, that could be, you know, they can get a cornerback uh, as well, maybe another receiver. So uh, I, uh, I, I trust uh, Joe Douglas and I wouldn't be surprised like uh, if we end up seeing like some heavy move backs and I would love it if like, uh, I think that what were the giants at 10 last year? I know it was a big quarterback year last year where they ended up moving back and mm-hmm. recouping another first round pick for next year from the bears. I mean, I would love to see something like that where uh, Joe Douglas trades down with uh, one of those picks and then picks up like another high pick there on the first day. So that would be incredible. Rob, last question since I have you on the show. I've got to ask you about Survivor and Big Brother. It's not really my wheelhouse, but I'm curious because I want you to draw me in. I want you to sell me. What do I need to know about what's coming up on Survivor and Big Brother? I know that it's the offseason for Survivor, but you've got all the news, everything that everybody needs to know. Enlighten me. Well, we just finished Survivor 41, uh, which uh, featured a a former uh, Dallas Cowboy player uh, as he was a uh, a not sure if he was a safety or cornerback. His name was uh, Danny McRae. And so uh, he actually uh, did very well on uh, this past season. So uh, we do sometimes get the former NFL players out there on Survivor. Survivor is going to be coming back for another uh, season. Uh, Look. If you think that the NFL is unpredictable and crazy from week to week, uh, survivors like hold my beer uh, that is gotten like uh, wilder and wilder uh, with every single season and more unpredictable. And then as far as Big Brother goes, uh, there's going to be a celebrity Big Brother coming up in uh, February. And, uh, you know, who knows uh, who we're going to end up seeing playing in uh, a shortened celebrity Big Brother season. Rob Sesternino, thank you so much for coming on. Really appreciate it. You've got a great podcast that's immensely popular. It's called Rob Has a Podcast. Please talk a little bit about how people can find your network of shows and what they can expect to hear when they find it. Sure. We're covering all sorts of unscripted television, really focused on like uh, games and things where people uh, get voted out. It's all at uh, robhasawebsite.com. You can get everything uh, that we do over there or search for uh, Rob's podcast or RHAP uh, wherever you listen to podcasts. Check out everything Rob is doing with Rob Has a Podcast. Also, check out what we're doing at playlikeajet.com and the Play Like a Jet YouTube channel. We've got some great videos up there, courtesy of the Thunder from Down Under, Luke Grant. 
We've got prospect breakdowns of Traylon Burks, the wide receiver from Arkansas, Trey McBride, the tight end from Colorado State. Also, Dalton Schultz, as Rob mentioned before, the Jets could certainly use a tight end. He is going to be one of the hottest free agents this offseason, the tight end from Dallas. So perhaps the Jets will dip their toe in that water. Check out Luke's film review of Dalton Schultz, and that way you'll know whether or not he's going to be worth the big money that somebody's going to pay him. Also, make sure you give us a five-star review for the podcast on iTunes if you haven't done that already. Easy way to help out the show if you like what we're doing. Doesn't take you much time, doesn't cost you any money, but it goes a long way to help us out. So if you could go ahead and do that for us, we'd be quite grateful. And for the latest and greatest in New York Jets podcast and content, you know where to go. That's Play Like a Jet Digital and PlayLikeAJet.com.